Hi, I'm David Legier of Woodhall Press, and you're tuned in to Publish This Over Lunch. I'm here today with uh, Bonnie Jean Feldkamp. Bonnie is an award-winning freelance writer and columnist. She's the communications director for the National Society of Newspaper Columnists, member of the Cincinnati Inquirer Editorial Board, and a board member of the Cincinnati Chapter of the Society of Professional Journalists. It's like a, that's a big one, mouthful. And she lives with her family in Northern Kentucky. Please find her on social media at Writer Bonnie, as well as her website, www.writerbonnie.com. Uh, thank you for being here. Sure. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, <laughs> the too. Writer Bonnie is imperative because I don't know if anybody's aware of this, but um, Bonnie Jean is actually a brand of little girls' dresses. So, is it really? Yes. So, which <laughs> my daughter loved when she was a child. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, so me having that domain was not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I've been asking everybody for like the last few weeks to start us off with something you find inspiring in the literary world in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, right? Everything's been negative. It's just negative, yeah. negative, negative. But there are positives to be found. Yeah. So uh, what's something that you found just so inspiring? Well, you know, it's the young people, I'm going to say, as a 45-year-old. Um, the kids. I consider forty-five young, by the way. I thought. Okay. <laughs> All right, right, right. Good, but um, you know, the the kids coming out of college right now, out of the creative programs and the journalism programs, they are hitting this world head on, and they really do have a message, have a voice, and have a strength, and have that wait, invincibility. I can speak of. Um, you know, of their early 20s and late teens on their side. And I, I really think they're, they're going to be the ones that help us push us through. Um, that's my optimism. That's fascinating. And I wonder, just as you say that, I'm thinking how much of it is the impact of social media? Because, you know, you're 45. I'm not going to say my age, but I'm also older. You know, like uh, I'm, I'm, well, I, I'll say I just turned 37, oh. uh, Sunday, actually. So, yeah. Uh, and, and we grew up, right, without computers for the most part right yeah. you, you know we aged into it mm -hmm. we saw the social media coming its way so to be a journalist to, to be a writer mm -hmm. you know even 15 years ago 20 years ago was wildly different than it is today so I'm wondering the impact that it's having on uh, all these graduates right like is it's almost uh, you can get your word out now right and right that's exciting and they can bring it to the newsrooms because the the old fogies I'm sorry guys um in the newsrooms, they they need a hand with the visual the visual messaging of social media and visual column writing and everything yeah. else, and and these kids grew up with it, so they know how to get their message out yeah. and utilize yeah. what's happening right now. It'll help us. Yeah, it'll help it's, us all. Even even something like we're doing right now, it, this was kind of complicated for me to even learn, right? Like you know, like I had to like do some things and yeah. and um. I had to I was like, how do I do this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I googled it too, and and one of my, one of my uh, younger authors is the one who prompted me to to, to you know branch out into uh, different mediums, and and even one of my partners was saying, oh, uh, you need to edit the front and the back, you know, for for later use and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, pretty much any kid can do this, and I was like, yeah, I'll figure it out, I'll figure it out. Yeah. So there there is something there is this disconnect, but I'm I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on the you know, uh, the writers that are coming out of college. Yeah. It's good to hear. It is. Uh, so, you know, most of your journalism awards are 
uh, for your editorials and your op-eds. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm curious, how did you get into opinion writing for publication, right? Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's not an easy, it's, I started out as a parent. I got into writing late professionally, but um, I wrote a column and I wrote a mommy blog for a parenting publication. And between, you know, the, the mommy stuff, I wrote commentary on um, current events from a parent's point of view. Um, it won a blog award, and I was pretty geeked about it. So I went to my editor and with her blessing, went to the publisher and said, okay, how do we make this grow? How do we get this bigger? And turns out the publisher had never actually read my blog, which is fine because, you know, as a publisher, you don't read everything that comes across your desk, right? That's the editor's job. And I get that. But when she read it, she went through and she deleted every blog post she didn't personally agree with. Wow. And I was, I was shocked. And then I was livid because it's opinion writing, right? It's a blog. And um, she, um, and I won't name the publication, but I basically told her, if you're going to cherry pick through it and I have to adhere to whatever you agree with, then take the whole yeah. thing down and done. Um, and I'll thank you. I'll decline any further assignments and I had friends that were like don't you know don't burn your bridges you know you're on the up and up don't burn the bridges and I'm like I cannot be actively stifled and still have a voice in the community it's not going to happen um, she took the whole thing down and I was wow. and, and, and I felt like I lost my voice in the community and I was and I wasn't okay with that so I was like you know what I'm gonna submit the most recent blog post to the Cincinnati Inquirer, which is our local um, paper as an op-ed. And they ran mm -hmm. it. And since it's a USA Today publication, USA Today picked it up, they ran it. And so I started writing many more op-eds for them. I served on their committee um, for the round table for the community. And then they, um, then they invited me to be a member of the editorial board. And I won several awards for the actual first one that I submitted that, that she took down. So turns out I didn't lose my voice in the community after all. And I, and I have to say that it, this year is the 50th anniversary of the op-ed. The New York Times started the op-ed page in 1970. So, and every community member has a voice in the op-ed section. So I'm, I'm pretty passionate about that. And so that's really what got me into, um, I guess, a, a regular column writing field. Um, that mm -hmm. and my love for Irma Bombeck, one, those, those two things together, uh, it had to happen. And, and it sounds like kind of a takeaway for anyone, you know, listening or watching is that uh, stay, uh, you know, keep that perseverance, right? Like yeah. you didn't let it take you down. You didn't, you know, you didn't hit a rejection and then just throw your hands in the air and say, that's it. I'm done. Uh, I can't do this anymore. You actually use that fire to, light something even greater for yourself that catapulted you to where you are today. Yeah. And it had you not gotten that rejection, right? Initially, oh, yeah. it wouldn't have led to all these great things. So in a, in a way that rejection was a blessing. It totally was. I, I mean, it, yeah. it, it, um, I'd still be writing a mommy blog that a publisher never uh, read. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. So it's, That's it was, it was pretty cool. It was, yeah, I absolutely, absolutely. And, and when I tell people all the time, when you find yourself on a 400 word Facebook rant, if you're on your 12th edition to your Twitter thread, stop for a second, copy and paste it, polish it, 
and then send it in as an op-ed. You will reach so many more people. And it doesn't matter if you're a writer, you have a voice in the op-ed mm -hmm. pages. That's why they exist. That's such good advice. That is such good advice. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be my takeaway for today. I love, <laughs> I like, this is good. Uh, all right. So, you know, you're a freelance writer, not a staff writer. No. And a lot of people have been saying we're in this gig economy, right? right. Uh, what does that ultimately mean to you? And um, kind of where's the future of journalism headed? So what, do you th what does that mean to you? That, you know, the creative fields have always had a segmented gig economy. Um, whether you're an artist, whether you're a writer, whether you're whatever, you've always existed in the gig economy. And uh, now I tell people all the time, I'm like, nobody's just a writer anymore. Those days mm. are pretty much over and it sucks, but it is. Um, mm -hmm. You're a writer and you're a writer yeah. and a webmaster. You're a writer and you teach. Um, I can't tell you how many creative people I know who work at Starbucks for their health insurance so that they I did that. continue to write. Or, yeah, I, I did the Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Because um, it's the evil necessity in our, in our country, in our healthcare system. But creatives are very used to the gig economy. And so yeah. freelancing for me, um, I'm a mom. And so it gave me the flexibility of still being home with my kids and writing when I have the chance, five in the morning, midnight, whatever. Um, now for journalism, we're seeing the newspaper shrink and disappear and um, accept more freelance work and moving towards that gig economy, which is going to be interesting. It means we've lost a lot of the beat journalists that really hold our local government accountable. And that's mm. the scary part. The larger investigative piece is what I'm seeing and I, and I think is going to be the trend is um, nonprofit journalism. There's a lot of nonprofit collaborations, nonprofit newsrooms that are doing the deep dives and the hard investigative work and collaborating with newsrooms. And um, I on Ohio, the Ohio Center for Investigative Journalism, I've worked with them on a couple of their projects um, and, and they, they facilitate all this information to all the newspapers in Ohio and they have the grant funding to do it. I think the future of journalism is gonna lie in the hands of nonprofit people yeah or entities well, I should say yeah I could see that and, and I love the I love that you bring up just this that we have to hustle right as an artist you have to hustle you do and you might be a writer but you're also a teacher and maybe you're a freelance editor and maybe you're you know a lot of people don't do that and I think something to keep in mind too is whenever you're dealing with a creative type such as yourself is remember that because they are probably hustling their time constraints are also involved. So always be respectful when you're dealing with an artist, uh, their time, mm -hmm. um, and be appreciative of it because you know, I'm so appreciative that you're here today yeah. because that time, um, you're often juggling. I'm sure you're doing 10 million things after we get done with this today. And yeah. that's something a lot of people don't think a lot of times people are like, Oh, it's COVID times. You're probably, yeah. what are you even doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, yeah. <laughs> and creatives are the first ones to ask to donate their work because they're a creative. How is it a J-O-B? It's a creative. Yeah. And if yeah. you really value creatives, don't ask them for a favor. Ask them for their rate sheet. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, all right. So, you know, one of the things I come across a, a lot, and I've even had this kind of recently, it's, I call it the, the aggressive reader, right? The, you get the dreaded comments. 
uh, section, the hate mail. You get like the, the anger, the anger. And a lot of times I've discovered that the anger usually comes from something else entirely different. Like it's not really the fact that you um, forgot to email them something or whatever it is. It's part of a larger something that's going on in their life. But how do you deal with the aggressive readers and uh, the aggressive writers? <laughs> if they're just, if, if, they're, if they're contemptuous name calling, I don't engage. But what, the, what I always take into mind and I always consider and tell people is that just like writers, every reader brings their baggage to the page. Every writer yeah. brings their baggage to the page. The only way you form a perspective through the facts is your, the whole lifetime you have ahead of you. The reader's doing the same thing. The reader is bringing their life experience to your page. And, and they don't know, they have no idea anything about you except for this 500 words. And I don't engage in the comments. I'll say, thanks for reading. I appreciate your feedback. I don't engage in the comments because you know what? I have my 500 words. And if yeah. I didn't speak my mind clearly enough in those 500 words, that's on me. And if they take something completely away from that, that's different. Um, I can learn from that and see where I fell through and try and envision what my pushback will be next time. Um, mm -hmm. But if someone's genuinely engaging me in an email or conversation, um, I recently had somebody engage in an op-ed um, and challenged me to write it from their perspective. And I responded to them. If you're asking me a question in a civil way, I'll respond. But there's no fighting with trolls. <laughs> yeah, don't yeah, don't engage in the comments and just just remember they bring their baggage to the page. That's kind of my my biggest advice, biggest takeaway. Yeah, you know that the, the idea of of not engaging because there's something to be said. There's a difference, right, between somebody going out of their way to just leave nasty comments on a on a on the website or whatever it is that it, you know, you're dealing with. But if they take the time to actually send you a thoughtful email to engage with you, right? Not, not make it a public forum where they're just kind of flaming you for their own anger. Mm -hmm. That's different. And I, I really love that when I get a, an, an email or some kind of like a heartful discussion with somebody mm -hmm. versus just like this. It's almost like the Yelp reviews, right? You ever see these for the restaurants and, and you see like, you, you see like a really like just kind of like a meme review. And then like the, the restaurant owner decides to engage with the troll and it never goes well. No. Right. It just, nope. Like no. this doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's wonderful. So kind of, you know, shifting gears a little bit, uh, you're a contributor in the upcoming Fast Funny Women, right? Edited yeah. by Gina Rebecca, available yeah. this October. Uh, it's it's going to be superb. I love it. Uh, we do have advanced reader copies. So anybody uh, that's listening that would like a digital arc, please email me at david at uh, I want to know this idea of flash nonfiction. What's the writing process like for you? And how's that different? from your freelance process, right? They have to be, are they similar or are they just two separate worlds? It depends on what I'm writing. The op-ed world is kind of similar, but op-eds are timely. Essays are, mm. essays are at least the essays that, that I write tend to be um, evergreen or they, they're, they're classic somehow. Mm. Um, I, um, I have, my process for nonfiction is that I, I write essays in a draft folder and without prompts or anything, I keep a memory file and then something that triggers something and then, then I write it down. And so when the inv invitation from Gina came along, I went through that file and I'm like, okay. So I always have this bank of potential material based on my essays. 
Now, the op-eds um, are based on, you know, what triggers me in the, in the news, right? And then that there. And then freelance work, that's always interview-based. So it's completely different. You start with the interviews and you construct your, your stuff from those interviews. This particular essay um, that went into the book and Gina's invitation came right at a time that was um, very special to me, very hard for a friend of mine, um, my mentor actually, who's my high school English teacher, Chuck Keller. He was fighting cancer for the fourth time, third time, something like that. And I was driving him to the hospital and um, sitting in the cafeteria and writing a humorous essay for this book. And I mean, talk about the juxtaposition of, of emo emotions there. Um, so it's very cool to see this come to fruition. And he beat cancer. He kicks cancer's ass every time. And it's all good. But it's really kind of cool to have, have this, this in that book. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Well, I'm happy you're in the book. Yeah. And, you know, this is, uh, I'm humbled every time I speak to a contributor in any, any book that I've worked on, or, you know, it's just this, this feeling of, uh, it's heartwarming, right? Like, I just love always hearing the stories of, of how do people come up with what they write, because mm -hmm. as a writer, we're also solitary for the most part, you know, we're introverts, generally. Yeah. So we kind of, you know, are very comfortable sitting by ourselves for like five, six hours, just in our own worlds. Mm -hmm. So when you step in other people's world, there's something, uh, there's something special about it, right? Yeah, um, totally. All right. So lastly, uh, sure. Do you think, uh, are you a coffee or a tea person? I'm 100% coffee all the time. <laughs> so much so that I have like this dream of a coffee table book with photos and micro essays <laughs> called Mugshots. That are about Ooh. yeah i want it i want it to be like whether it's in a bar and a coffee house but memories around mugs because I, yeah so that's my yeah totally 100 percent coffee i that that's that's excellent that's a yeah. good idea same coffee mm -hmm. um all right what's you know what gets you out of morning what gets you out of the bed each morning right what's a, a quote a motto a song what's your your anthem yeah, what, do, well, what do you what do you got? <laughs> I got, I have, it, it's, um, so not to be morbid, but my mom died when I was seven. So I have a very, um, I'm very aware of, of how short we have, I guess. And my favorite quote is um, from uh, Thoreau's Walden. And he said, as if you could, what is it? As if you could steal time without wasting a turn. It, oh my gosh, it's a quote that I fall out of my mouth every day and I'm stumbling on it. But um, as if you could, you're, you're, yeah. you're live right now. That's know, right. right. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. As if you could kill time without damaging eternity. That's his quote. Wow. As if you could kill time without damaging eternity. And that I am very, very aware of that I'm running out of time. And I don't mean that I'm old or sick or anything like that. I just mean from since the day I was born, I have been running out of time and I have so much I want to do. And so that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. I feel like we're kindred because I say this almost every day that one lifetime is not enough, oh, right? Yeah. Just, it's not enough. No, uh, I want it all. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. I do. I, you know, I, I say for my hundredth birthday, I'm going to go get my degree in marine biology. I'm like, you know, I'd like to start yeah. the next century doing some marine biology. I think yeah. that'd be fun. My grandma Mitchell uh, always told me the second you stop learning, you're dead. Keep learning. Yeah. And I carry yeah. that with me as well from my grandma. Well, um, do you have any, for anybody listening, watching, a final uh, piece of advice, a tip, something that 
to take away from your experiences? Yes, communication. <laughs> I think young writers, number, especially in the gig economy and the freelance world, communicate with your editors. It's okay. And I think I lived that with you this week as I'm always checking in, make sure we're on the same page. And, and one of the big complaints from editors I've heard is when they're working with a brand new writer, they'll give them an assignment and then they'll just panic and disappear. And it happens. <laughs> so you don't want them to worry about you. So once you start your assignment, check in and say, hey, this is where I am. This is where it's headed. If, this is, if we're not on the same page, just let me know. And number mm -hmm. two, be open to editing. Take editing for the compliment that it is. If, if it, yeah. it is a compliment. If I can't pick at your work, then I'm just like, oh, that's nice. There's nothing I can do with it. But if I'm poking at it, I like it enough to poke at it. And it's a compliment because I, can, I believe that you're going to be that much stronger for it. And uh, Gina did that with me with this essay. And she mm -hmm. really challenged me um, on the ending of this essay in this book. And I valued in that. And I loved the fact that I could work with her in an editing process was an honor. And it was a thrill because I really do respect her. So trust somebody. You know I'm thinking just as, as you're speaking about your essay, I'm thinking at some point we do some kind of a online reading for contributors from the book. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out later, but I, I would love to hear you like, you know, read your piece aloud and really get the feeling from it. But yeah. um, for everybody listening, take that in communication and uh, don't be, don't be afraid of your editor. They're here to help. Yeah. Uh, so Thank you again for, for being here today. Uh, and be Thank sure you. to check out uh, Benny Jean Bonnie. Bubcamp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bonnie Jean, sorry. <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, I'm like at that moment where I'm like, more coffee? Maybe more coffee. So I, um, I gotcha. <laughs> at writerbonnie.com. That's right. And if you have any questions, just email me at david at Woodhall Press. And, and Bonnie, anything else that you just kind of want to – let the world know. No, thank you. I appreciate working with you and with Gina. It was it was an honor and a thrill. Thank you. All right, thank you. Have a good day. Right, you too.